please take a moment to follow at ethosfantasybk on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at ethosfantasybk on Twitter. Follow now. What's up, guys? Today is Monday, April 11th. Today we are going to be breaking down the recent stretch of games for the Warriors, back-to-back games at San Antonio and then at New Orleans, and also give a little bit of a preview to the first-round matchup in the playoffs. The Warriors will be squaring off against the Denver Nuggets. So, let's get started here. Uh, Warriors played on Saturday against the Spurs, 100-94. to this was an interesting game. Um, again, I already mentioned it was a back-to-back set. So Clay Thompson, Otto Porter Jr., Andre Iguodala, among those candidates for rest who will not play in back-to-back. So Steve Kerr staggered the rotations a little bit. Um, so here in San Antonio, we had a starting lineup of Wiggins, Poole, Draymond Green, Damian Lee, and Kevon Looney. So no Clay Thompson. And, you know, this was not an easy game. San Antonio is not an easy place to play historically for the Warriors. Even though San Antonio was missing quite a few guys on their own side, DeJounte Murray, um, Jakob Pertl, um, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Doug McDermott. Um, and so, you know, this was... This game had let let down written all over it, but the Warriors came out, took care of business, led by Jordan Poole, who had 18 points, 1 of 11 from 3, but 11 of 11 from the free throw line with 8 assists. Also in double figures, you had Andrew Wiggins with 15, Draymond Green with 12, Jonathan Kaminga with a team-high 18, tied with Jordan Poole, and Bielitsa with 12. On the San Antonio side, you had Trey Jones with 15, Josh, Josh Primo with 14, Josh Richardson with 10, and Lonnie Walker with 24, who, which was a game high. Um, this was very much a back-and-forth game. Warriors shot 8 of 32 from 3. Spurs shot 10 of 31. Very low-scoring affair to start off this game. 23-21 to 21 at the end of the first. Warriors opened it up in the second quarter scoring 31 going into halftime 54 to 44 and then from there just kind of held on to the lead again we already said 100 to 94 for the finish so um you know great to see the warriors continue to sustain success even without clay thompson um Nemanja Bialica continues to play great ball. This is kind of what I had envisioned for him and his role with this team. Now his three balls starting to fall, shooting two of two of three from three-point land, uh, four of four from the line, only two assists, but that's been something he's actually been particularly good for on the season. Jonathan Kaminga, 21 minutes, nearly 22 minutes, 18 points. Same old story for Kaminga when he sees more than 20 minutes. He is very productive. He's able to get his head down, get to the rim, finish, get fouled, make his free throws. 
Jordan Poole, we already talked about, struggled from the field overall, 3 of 19, 1 of 11 from 3. But from the free throw line, doing a lot of work, 8 assists, Draymond Green with 8 assists. Warriors had 23 assists on the night. And just really just did enough to take care of business in in San Antonio. We mentioned Damian Lee earlier, who got the start um, for the resting Claire Thompson. Lee, somewhat disappointing. One of six from the field, 0 for 2 from 3, 2 of 2 from the line, four rebounds and assists to turnover, um, plus eight in the minutes on the, the minutes he played on the floor. You know, Damian Lee it's kind of been the same old story throughout most of the season uh, other than an exceptional stretch he had at the start of the season. Lee is kind of that end of the rotation, hardworking guy, always ends up on the floor fighting for rebounds or defensive positioning. Um, and, you know, Steve Kerr knows what he's going to get out of him effort-wise. And so he continues to get opportunities when they present themselves because he's earned the trust of Steve Kerr. Now, um, you know, these uninspiring offensive performances leave a lot of fans disappointed as I regularly see comments on Twitter with people being upset with Damian Lee, people criticizing Steve Kerr for giving minutes to Damian Lee. But truth of the matter is that you need guys who can step up, who can be role players, who understand what it takes to win. And even if Damian Lee is not hitting shots, he still does a lot of intangibles. And so, yeah, it doesn't, you know, ideally he's not the guy getting starts or soaking up all these minutes come playoff time. But in this kind of situation where you need somebody to step up, Clay Thompson's out, um, Moses Moody's been a little bit up and down. Moses Moody actually was a DNP um, against San Antonio. And, you know, this was a six-point game that we won. And so... Obviously, the points could be better. He could have more of an impact on the floor. But when you're playing next to Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins and Kaminga, there isn't as much being asked of him. So, you know, you'd like him to space out and hit the three when he's open. Um, the three-point shot has not been nice to him lately or for quite some time. But I still do feel like he brings a certain intensity when he's on the floor. And that's what Steve Kerr wants in the starting lineup. He wants reliable defenders. He wants guys who know their role. He wants guys who can execute. And so for Damian Lee, even if the, again, even if the final result of a made shot is leaving people wanting more because he isn't typically hitting shots or at least finishing shots, he does a lot of other things that Steve Kerr likes. And so I'm not... You know, I, I am to an degree defending Damian Lee because I do think he has a good role in this team as a guy who's on a vet minimum deal, who is a big part of the culture and chemistry for this team, a guy who frequently doesn't end up in the rotation when everyone's healthy. And so in this type of situation, you're just trying to give guys opportunities. And at this point in the season, um, for the Warriors, needing to close out the season on a high note and win games with guys out, no Steph Curry, no Clay Thompson in this game, I think, you know, giving Damian Lee an opportunity to start over Moses Moody, who is still a rookie and proving himself and finding his way um, in the NBA, I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, the 1 of 6 and 0 for 2 from 3, yeah, obviously I'd like that to be better. But there are a lot of things that he does on the floor 
that you know Steve Kerr is looking at when deciding who to start. Um, another honorable mention, Kavon Looney continues to play in every game this season for the Warriors. Only played 12 minutes, 3 of 6 from the field. Uh, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, 6 points. Uh, I continue to hit on this, but it seems like Kavon Looney is really just in rest mode. Um, he continues to play games, to be on track to finish the season having played every game, but, um, you know, it, it's pretty clear by his workload, by his usage, by his involvement when he is on the floor, he's not going as hard or he's not being pushed to go as hard now that Draymond's back, now that Kaminga's on the rise, now that Bielitsa's playing better. Um, Otto Porter Jr. We have more options at the center spot, at the forward spot. You don't need to play Kavon Looney 25 minutes. You don't need Kavon Looney to be banging and bumping all night long um, because he did that all season long. And so this continues to seem like just get the guy, get the guy the minutes to slot into the games so he can hit his accolade of playing in every game this season. But beyond that, not much is being asked of him, it seems like. Go out there, grab a couple boards, bang, bang a few times, set some screens, find the open man, you know, play a little bit of defense, you know, 12, 15 minutes and you're good for the night. Um, and, and that's fine because Kavan Looney, you know, we need him healthy for the postseason and I feel like we've been playing with fire all season with uh, not resting him and with the fact that he's been so healthy. Um, so... Wanted to throw out that, throw that out there. Andrew Wiggins, 5 of 13 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. 3 of 8 from the line, 2 boards, no assists, no steals, no blocks, 1 turnover, 3 fouls, 15 points. Not the most inspiring game from Wiggins, but he has been playing better as of late since the All-Star break that he really kind of took a nosedive after being named um, an All-Star starter. So, you know, this wasn't a great game for Wiggins again, but um, he does bounce back in the next game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Draymond Green continues to look more and more like himself. Again, 6 of 10 from the field, 0 for 1 from 3, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, steal and a block, tw uh, 4 turnovers. The Warriors would end up with 12 turnovers on the night. The Spurs also had 12 turnovers in their own right. Uh, very interesting, actually, to watch the Spurs and the Warriors play because these franchises mirror each other so much as far as the way that they execute offense, the way that they like to get out in transition, the way that they lead the NBA in assists per game. Um, just very much cool to see these two groups. Um, and, you know, the Warriors from Steve Kerr have really taken a lot of the principles of Greg Popovich and the Spurs, but... Just kind of cool to see those two styles um, that are really similar kind of play go up, go head to head go up against each other on the floor because um, it really was on both sides a lot of passing a lot of ball movement a lot of cuts a lot of screens not a lot of one on one um, and that's just enjoyable basketball to watch so this was a fun game to watch for sure um, despite the poor shooting on both sides and you know just happy to see the Warriors come out with a win here. So, moving into the next game, this was at New Orleans Pelicans. Um, there was some 
there was, you know, something on the line here for the Warriors. Warriors fighting for playoff seeding, uh, trying to hold on to the three seed behind or in front of the Dallas Mavericks. Whereas the New Orleans Pelicans really have nothing to play for. They'll be the 10th seed whether they win or lose. Warriors, if they lost and Dallas won, would drop to the 4th seed. And if the Warriors win, they would hold on to the 3 seed. So, um, no Otto Porter, no Andrew Wiggins, no Andre Iguodala for the Warriors. But you do get Klay Thompson back. And then for New Orleans, they were missing... A whole slew of guys, Devontae Graham, Brandon Ingram, Herbert Jones, Jonas Valanciunas, Zion Williamson. So a lot of guys missing on both sides. But again, Warriors need this win to really secure the three seed, whereas New Orleans is just really playing for pride. Um, and, you know, early on, this looked like a let game, letdown game again. New Orleans got out to a really hot start, playing with a lot more intensity, really looking like the team that had something on the line. The Warriors were a step slow. They were turning the ball over. New Orleans was taking those turnovers and getting fast break, easy layup opportunities. And then everything really flipped around in the second quarter. So 27-26 Warriors lead after they were down early. And then Warriors scored 41 points in the second to 22 to New Orleans. Clay Thompson just went absolutely nuclear in this one finishing with 41 points 16 of 29 from the field 7 of 14 from three two of three from the line three rebounds two assists three turnovers jordan Poole, seven of 16 from the field four of nine from three four four from the line four rebounds five assists 22 points um jonathan kaminga 28 points seven of ten from the field three of four from three 18 points Damian Lee had 11 points off the bench. He had four four players for the Warriors scoring in double figures. Um, for New Orleans, you had Najee Marshall with 19, Trey Murphy III with 15, Gary Clark with 17, Jose Alvarado with 12, and Jared Harper with 10. Warriors would shoot 19 of 33 from three versus the Pelicans 14 of 40. Um, 17 turnovers for the Warriors and only 11 for the Pelicans. Final score, 128-107. The Warriors would get up to a 31-point lead early in the third quarter. Pelicans would fight back, cut the game to 11 points at one point. Um, in the third, Steve Kerr did not elect to use a timeout. He let the Warriors continue to play through it, give up the lead. Finally, um, I think at 11 points, he called a timeout, subbed out Jordan Poole, and the Warriors, with the help of Clay Thompson, put the Pelicans behind them. Um, this was just a vintage Clay Thompson game, for sure, 100%. Clay was in rhythm, locked in from the start hitting all sorts of three-pointers, all sorts of jumpers, and there was nothing that New Orleans could do to slow him down. And that was really the biggest takeaway from this game, I think. Uh, Bielitsa continued to play well. He had seven rebounds and seven assists. Draymond Green also six assists. Moses Moody actually got the start in this one. He'd, he'd played 20 minutes, two of three from the field. He'd hit a three 
not much else. Um, Kevon Looney, kind of same thing. 15 minutes, two of three from the field, six rebounds, three assists. So we got Kevon Looney, 82 games. I mean, just need to take a moment to appreciate that, that Kevon Looney is one of five players to play in all 82 games this season in the NBA. Um, for a guy who threw out his first, you know, kind of, four or five years in the league could not stay on the floor healthy. He had multiple surgeries, dealing with the the nerve issues, just always kind of having problems staying on the floor and staying healthy. Being able for Looney to be able to play in every game this season, even if you, you know, want to put a little asterisk next to it and say, well, you know, the last 15 games he was really just playing, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. Who cares? He suited up, he played in every game. Um, he played through bruises and, and be, getting beaten up. Um, at one point, he was the only available center on this team, having to battle the likes of Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid and all of the, the you know, Carl Anthony Towns, you name it. You know, Looney was a one-man wrecking crew. He held down the center position. The Warriors gambled on, on Looney and, and expected James Wiseman to be back. Obviously, Wiseman did not play for the Warriors this season. And so where would the Warriors be without Kevon Looney? So huge, huge, huge accomplishment for Looney. Um, really proud of that guy. I really hope that they re-sign him in the offseason. I think that he fits perfectly with this group. You know, ideally, I think his role into the future is more of a um, big coming off the bench. But especially in the postseason, and especially for Steve Kerr, who's a defense-first coach, Kevon Looney just checks all the boxes as a guy who can defend at a high level, who can make the right play, who doesn't need the ball in his hands, who doesn't make mistakes, and who's proving that he can be healthy and be available to play when needed. And that's honestly one of the most important things right now in today's NBA, is being healthy and being available. So... Really happy to see that for Kevon Looney. I'm really proud of him. Um, you know, another thing I just wanted to call out, Warriors end up 5-0 and heading into the postseason. So we talked about all of these issues that the Warriors have been having. Their defense has been struggling. You know, without Steph Curry, where's this team going to be? And where are they going to fall? Can they hold on to their seating? You know, 10 games ago, 15 games ago, we're worried that the Warriors would maybe fall to four, to five, to six, to seven. I remember doing a pod earlier and saying, you know, oh, worst case scenario, Warriors lose the rest of their games and fall to number six or seven. They didn't. They held on to the third seed throughout all of this turmoil, waiting to get Draymond back. Then Steph Curry goes out, waiting for Klay Thompson to get, come back. Then Klay Thompson isn't playing well. Um, it's just honestly incredible what this team has been able to accomplish with the adversity that they've been forced to go through um sure other you could argue that other teams have, have had you know more struggles with injuries or whatever but i'm not comparing the warriors to other teams i'm just talking about this team and what they had to go through and what the expectations were for them coming into the season and what they've been able to accomplish despite all of that and so heading into the postseason, I think that there's a lot of confidence with this group. Everyone's firing on all cylinders. You've got Clay Thompson turning into the human flamethrower like we all know him. 
to be. He's got his wind back. He looks way more comfortable on the floor. He's starting to look sharper defensively. You've got Jordan Poole, who's just done everything and more that Steve Kerr has asked of him, whether it was the starting shooting guard when Clay Thompson was out, whether it was the starting point guard when um, Steph Curry was has been hurt, whether it was six men off the bench when Clay and Steph were healthy. He's done it all. He's flourished. Um, he's, in my mind, a clear front runner for most improved on the season. Elite free throw shooter ends the season as the league leading free throw shooter in percentage. And so you look at this team, um, and this is kind of a perfect segue into talking about postseason matchups and, and expectations. And you look at what everyone's doing on this team. You look at where they're at. You've got you've got Draymond Green rounding into form. You've got Klay Thompson playing like the all-star that we all know him to be, at least on the offensive end. Jordan Poole just being an outstanding playmaker, finisher, shooter, attacker, putting a lot of pressure on the defense. Bielitsa off the bench, along with Gary Payton, Otto Porter Jr., and Andre Iguodala. I mean, this is a very veteran-savvy team that Steve Kerr has to work with right now. You've got a lot of pieces. You've got a lot of things that you can throw at different teams for different matchups and different situations. You've got a lot of three-point shooting. You've got a lot of good defenders. You've got guys who can finish under the rim. Um, and there's a lot to be excited about. And so looking ahead to this first-round matchup with the Denver Nuggets and, you know, looking at a Denver Nuggets team, which I assume is still without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., um, who have not seen any substantial updates on their availability come time for the postseason. And for the Warriors, actually, we are awaiting an update on the availability of Steph Curry for Game 1. Um, Steve Kerr is hopeful that Curry will be available. The Warriors did not practice today. They plan to practice tomorrow, at which point Curry is going to go through a full reevaluation, and his status is still up in the air as far as whether or not he will be playing in Game 1. Whether Curry plays in Game 1 or not, um, while I do have my concerns about Nikola Jokic, I do think that this Warriors team matches up very well against Denver, and I do think with the way that they've been playing heading into the postseason on this 5-0 win streak with Draymond Green doing everything he's been doing, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. This is a deep enough team to win some games at home without Steph Curry against the Denver Nuggets. Um, Draymond Green did not play in any of the four games against Denver this season. It was solely Kevon Looney's responsibility to guard Jokic. And so I think that, you know, with, Dream with Draymond and Looney both out there and the Warriors can go single coverage against him. They don't need to double all the time. Um, and that can put a lot of pressure on Denver and the others who typically aren't quite as lethal as Jokic is, for, for lack of a better word. So I do think that the while I don't think this will be a cakewalk necessarily, I'm not, I don't expect the Warriors to go 4-0. Um, I think actually for the sake of the team and for chemistry and for Steph Curry to kind of ramp up and get into a rhythm if this went to five, six, or seven games. Maybe not seven, maybe five or six games. 
Um, getting a few extra games for Curry to get his rhythm back, assuming he returns in this series, I think will be good for the team. Um, just because, again, Steph, Clay, and Draymond have only played 11 minutes together this season, and so getting them some more reps would be a good thing for sure. Um, of course, Jokic, I do expect him to put up big numbers uh, on a regular basis, but if the Warriors can stop everyone else, I don't think Jokic is going to score 50 points a matchup, and even if he does, that might not be enough to stop the Warriors uh, with the way that they've been playing. So, you know, uh, I feel good about this team heading into the postseason, especially in this matchup against the Warriors. And, yeah, I think that's uh, it's going to be a lot to look forward to for sure. Or uh, Chase Center, first playoff games at Chase Center. That's going to be crazy. I'm really hoping the San Francisco fans can bring a lot of energy and intensity to help really get this team going. Um, also, just some... Other news on the aside, I am been talking about this for a little bit, but I am lining up some special guests for the next few weeks. So please keep your eyes peeled for upcoming episodes. We're going to have some great new guests on the show talking about all things Warriors, looking at this, exploring this first round matchup more with the Denver Nuggets. Maybe we'll get some more news on the availability of Steph Curry, being able to talk more about that dive more into some analytics and schemes and and uh, what we might expect from the Denver Nuggets and the Warriors in this first round matchup um, and more. So, you know, a little bit sad for the regular season to come to a close, but really excited for this postseason run for the Warriors that we all have high expectations on. Um, we've got play-in games starting tomorrow that are going to be this week. So nice to see the Warriors avoid the play-in tournament after the struggles last year so got some fun games to watch this week if you're really dying to uh get your nba fix as i know a lot of people are um and hey quickly guys before we sign off i also want to remind you all to use coupon code hoopball20 at manscaped.com for 20 percent off your order and free shipping and also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick. Please follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at SD Orlick. Thanks for tuning in and subscribe, rate, and review the show if you haven't already. Thanks, guys, and we'll catch you on the next one.